The message today is uh, entitled, Things Happen, and Growth Happens. And I'm wearing cheaters today, so uh, I need them, but uh, at any rate, please disregard them. I can see you. The Bible says, as Paul writes in Romans 8, 28, what does it say? Anybody just dare to guess? How many think the guessing wouldn't be too hard if it were on the screen? Well, amazing that. There it is. Shall we read it together? On three, one, two, three. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who the good of those who what? Who love Him. Who love Him. We know that in how many things? All things. All things. All things. Do you believe that? Okay. You believe that, right? If you lose your job this coming week, what are you going to say? No sweat. All things. What if someone you really love says, I don't love you anymore like I used to? What, what are you going to do? Hello? Well, here's a big one. What if you lose your cell phone? <laughs> you lose your cell phone. My Lord, have mercy. End of the world. Lost my cell phone. What if your boss tells you, uh, hey, we're downsizing and um, I'm giving you two weeks. You might as well just go ahead and leave. I'll give you an IOU that I owe you. Well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, in all things, God, understand that. You've been told you got cancer. And we're going to have to have an operation right away. What are you going to do? Hello? In all things. You know, let's face reality. We don't like any of that. And we say that because we can say it's right there on the screen. But are we always mature enough to be able to just grasp that? What if you get the worst news that you ever dreamed of getting? You think, I never, I never thought I'd get this kind of news. Okay, all things. And some of you are fighting, fighting. But in all things, God works for the good. Do we believe that? And the reality is, sure, in our heart of hearts. But you see, belief is determined by how we react to those challenges that challenge that right there. God is working in our lives all the time. And what is he trying to do? He's trying to create growth in us. He's trying to build character so that in every situation now, try to hang on to this, in every situation that God says, I'm trying to mature you, I'm endeavoring to grow you. I'm endeavoring to advance you. I'm endeavoring to make you be able to face greater challenges in your future than you are right now. Well, here's a question that we might all ask ourselves. You know, God, am I growing spiritually? You know, if I were to say to my spouse and ask them, because they're the ones, do you see that I'm growing spiritually in my life? What would your spouse say? And if they answered, well, yes, well, then why don't you just go ahead and follow up with the question, in what way do you see that I'm growing? Ask those that you work with, hey, spiritually, well, I wouldn't talk about that on the job. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? People use God's name, but it's always in vain. They don't mind that on the job. What about using it in a good way? Amen. God bless me. 
God's touched me. I was in church yesterday, and boy, the Holy Spirit was so real. Jesus came down in a wonderful way. I couldn't do that on the job. Why not? Well, where I work, it's against the policy. Hello? Understand, here it is. Am I growing spiritually? Well, unfortunately, in all the stats that we read, people say no. You know, I'm, I'm about where I was this time last year. Well, how do you know that you're going spiritually? Because your actions are different. Am I making any advances to get closer to God? Am I becoming more and more intimate with Him? Now, this message is a meat message, okay? It's, uh, it just really drives right down the avenue of your spirit. You know, while I look at my life, am I more generous today? Am I more complimentary? Am I a better husband? Am I a better family man? Am I a better wife? Am I a better parent? Am I a better employee? Uh, uh, am I a better employer? Do my employees know that how much that we appreciate them as my anger? I pretty well, with the help of God, I don't fly off the handle uh, as much as I used to. Um, you know, here it is. God, how, how do you put up with me sometimes is the question that we ought to ask. God, how do you put up with me? I make promises and I break them. I continually endeavor, but I just break them, God. It just, that's my human condition. I'm only human. God said, I'm tired of hearing that from you. Quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing that. And I don't like the twang either. Amen. So what are we to do when, when, when culture is fading the church out. When culture's coming with every hell thing they can, the church had sure better be growing, and the church is you and me. Amen? We ought to become more bold. How does God do that? He says, hey, some things are going to happen to you if they haven't already happened. Just hang around. Some things are going to happen to you, things you didn't expect, things that, well, you wonder. But listen, you're going to have to determine how you're going to behave and how you're going to react in those things. 420, Mark 420, verse number 26, this is what it said. It kind of gives us an example. Here we go. This is what the kingdom of God is like. How many of you like to know? Raise your hand. There it is. A few of you. I'm going to tell you anyway. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, and though he does not know how, all by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Growth takes place in a miraculous way, in the natural way. This guy in the story, is uh, he doesn't control the growth. He goes to bed, he gets up, and before you know it, he planted the seed, and there's a stalk of corn, and he has corn used for food if he desires. And we know that that happens naturally. But let me tell you, the greatest growth in all the world is not a corn stalk growing, not a bean patch, not your grass growing. The greatest thing in all the world to enjoy, to be sure you've got a handle on it, and we as a church have a handle on it, is to have spiritual growth. God, I want to grow spiritually. I do not want to let anything get in the way. I must get closer, get closer to you. Are you growing spiritually? For that to happen, you got to ask you, am I growing spiritually? And what have I got to do to get that to happen? And I have to make it a priority. Well, what is important according to the Scripture? Here's what it says. You're either getting closer to God or you're getting further away from God. Two steps forward, two steps back, two steps forward, two steps back. And far too many professing believers today, that's their life, you know. 
There's no fun in that. God says, listen, how do I get you, how do I get you in a position of growth? How do I do that? And he says, I have to allow things to come into your life to get your attention to cause you to say, buddy, I got to pray now. I got to have a hold of God. I got to be bold about I need prayer. I've got to get to the place that I've got to drill deeply in my life. I've got a son and a daughter that's so far out there away from God. And God, if they're going to be reached, I'm going to have to get on my knees and call them back into the family of God. As a preacher, as a pastor, Many years, I'll be celebrating 50 years of ministry in July as a credential minister, almost 30 years right here. But you preach and you preach and you give everything that you've got. And there's always some people, some people that you look at. I've been your pastor for a, a long time and I haven't, I haven't seen any advances, any advances in your spirit, man. Well, you're judging. How do you know? Because you know that I know. And here's what I do know. This is meat. I see some people that may worship. Well, they might be expressive, lift up holy hands. You know what the Bible says? Try to do that, lift up holy hands and praise Him. Amen. Try to get on your knees. But here's what I do know. The people that I know is going through hell on earth. That's yard talk. They may never make an expression of worship until they're going through the hell on earth. And you know what I see almost every time? Y'all with me? When something happens, they can't explain. When something happens that throws them back, I see them more often in church. And I see their expression of worship in a greater way. I've been doing this a long time. Well, here's my question. Why do we have to do that? To do this or this or just pay attention when the preacher's preaching. This turn to your neighbor and say, This is gonna be hard stuff. You, you're gonna need this, right? It's just for you. Go ahead. Try it to tell them. Here we go. And this is not to mean, this is not chastisement. This is a spirit of encouraging you to let God become greater in you. Because here's what I know, if you live long, something is going to right hook you, and I want you ready. I want you bold with it. What's the formula for spiritual growth, and why is it sometimes that it is so elusive? Well, you just can't get your handle on it. Let me give you a little illustration. How is it that two kids can be raised in the same house, with the same parents, by the same rule? And one of those, just they're loving Jesus, just loving God. They pray, they have devotions, and it is unbelievable. And the other kid, they don't want to go to church. They don't want to pray. They don't have devotions. They're your wild child, and they really don't care. And you say, how is it possible you can be raised in the same house, by the same parents, in the same church, and one is as committed to God as the other, and the other is always questionable whether or not they even know Jesus Christ. Can you answer that question? Most of us cannot, but don't give up. You did it right once. You didn't fail. Keep at what you are doing. Somebody say, amen, loving God. Well, you know, some people, they can talk about spiritual growth, 
and they can talk about all kind of experts and spiritual formation, but nobody wants to hang with them. You know why? Because, hey, at church, they're just hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. And outside, they want to use terminology like, what in the H is going on? I didn't say it. I'm yard talking. And you stand back and you look and say, what happened to the Holy One? People from time to time call me and said, Pastor, I hope you know that one of your ushers or one of your somebody, I had a deal with them and they lied to me. I said, your problem, it's their problem. Matthew 18, go to them and talk with them. Don't come to me. I'm not a policeman. Some of y'all not liking me right now. I'm trying to talk to you. Here's what I know. My personal responsibility is to look at that person in the mirror and say, what's, what's going on with you, boy? Are you growing? Are you putting up with some stuff in your life? Are you getting cold? You look in the part, but you know good and well you, you're hippo, hypocrite. But what's going on with you? But in, in the secret place of your heart, you know, that's the person we need to be conscious about and looking at. But you know what the Bible says we're to do? We're to get ourselves in line. Huh? Judge yourself that you be not judged. Hello? Any amens out there at all? Y'all all came in here, mom, this morning. Hello? You know the person that never says amen is the patient under ether at the surgeon's table. I want, I want you to grab this thought. You see, we're to influence other people for the cause of Christ. I, I know of individuals who were drunkards and alcoholics that Jesus got a hold of their life, and the bottle, they gave it up, the beer can, they gave it up, the wine glass, they even gave it up and came to Jesus, and they've never turned back. I've seen families that already have the divorce lawyers in line, came to the altar, gave their heart to Jesus Christ, and God healed, God healed their marriage. They didn't get their money back from the lawyer, but God healed it, and they have a great marriage today. I know of people people. Somebody watched online this morning, the first service when I said that, that have gotten a divorce and, and were divorced and then went back and found one another and remarried. Today, their marriage and life is better than ever and they're leaders in the local church. I, I know of people that were drug addicts on drugs, pill heads, and they individuals selling marijuana, selling anything else they could get their hands on, but Jesus came down and got a hold of them and that old life was buried and it has never been been uncovered again because of the power of Jesus Christ. I know that can happen. Then why is it that I as a believer cannot grow in God? Well, let me give you a few things. I think I want to deliver my heart this morning. Every case, there had to be a will and a determination in their life of discipline. I have to have a will. I have to have a determination and I have to have the discipline. You're going to do that you're going to grow. It will not be easy. You have to make it happen. Number one, I believe growth toward Christ-like character is worth 100% commitment. It's 100% commitment. I believe that most people desire to flourish. And here's what Jesus said. Here's what I want you to do. Follow me. Turn to your neighbor and say, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. That's what God said. That's what I want you to do. I want you to follow me. Well, I want you to be a sluggard and follow me. I want you to be lazy and follow me. 
I want you to miss it more than you make it. Follow me. You know what he said? I want you to follow me. You know what that means? Don't let me get out of your sight. It's the Elisha, Elijah syndrome. Elijah, I don't care where you go, Elisha said. You're trying to lose me, but you ain't going to lose me until I get a double portion of that anointing of the Holy Spirit. Boy, I'm going to stay with you no matter where you go. If it's Motel 6, Motel 8, if it's a three-bag ridden room called a road on the highway, I'm still going to be there. Amen. You are not going to lose me. I'm going to hang on to you, God. Follow me. If I lose everything else in the world, I'm still going to stay with you. You know what the early believers, the early founders of the church, do you know what they said? Jesus, we're not going to not follow you. We're going to be with you. We're selling everything we have, and we're going to get together, and we're going to stay with you. I'll sacrifice anything to follow this man, and I will do it with joy. I'll do it with joy, Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of God. Here it is again. is like a man who found a treasure in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and brought it. The people who believed that did not find it hard. Do you find it hard to come to church? I hope not. Do you find it hard to do your devotions on a day? I hope not. Do you find it hard to sing the praises and not gossip? I hope not. Do you find it hard to give a little extra? I hope not. Do you find it hard just to be where you're supposed to be? Do you find it hard to worship? Do you find it hard to sit for an hour and 15 or 20 minutes? Do you find it hard to live for God on a daily basis, why should you? When the very breath that he gives you, he gifted to you. He gifted it to you. How many saw the, how many saw what's called the pizza rat, pizza rat? It went viral. It was on YouTube. Anybody, anybody see that? How many, well, let me help here. How many of you? Look at YouTube from time to time. It's good. The pizza rat. I saw it. The pizza rat in a New York subway. There are many there, and there are a lot of rats in there. But this one rat was videotaped. True. You can go pizza rat YouTube it if you care to see it. It's a big old piece of New York pizza. And that rat's down the stairs bringing that pizza, bringing that pizza down those stairs to take it down where he lives. And the person's just videotaping, and everybody's standing back. And, I mean, his feet are just skidding, and he's got, he's got a pizza. Pulls it down, falls on the next step, grabs it again, falls on the next step. In other words, that rat had determination. That rat intended. Here's the problem. The little hole that the rat run into was about that big. That New York pizza was about that big. So he's going to have to do some eating on that piece of pizza before he could get it down into his hole. And here's what some of the comments were on the YouTube video. It was this, some of you looking it up right now, don't do that. That rat's not that important right now. Here's what many of that rat is the most determined rat I've ever taken a look at. You know what I'm saying? If a rat is determined to get a piece of pizza down into his house, how much more determined should this rat be about getting Jesus Christ to shine in my life? Amen. 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 That's right. Turn to your neighbors, you ain't nothing but a rat. Go right ahead. Some of you live it too. We're to, what are we to do? Sacrifice our time. 
our talents, our abilities, be faithful to church, grow. You know what Jesus said? Not my will, thy will be done. So here it is. Here's a question. It's going to be on the screen. If you're not giving your whole devotion to God, then what are you giving it to? What are you giving it to? Did you notice the word whole? How many saw how that spelled? That start with a W? Whole. The sum 100% total. This is what it says. If you're not giving your whole devotion, do you know what culture is doing? Not trying to do doing. They're trying to minimize the need for church. Do you know what Christian culture is doing? We're getting lost in worshiping worship. Instead of talking about and worshiping the one that worship is about. And if we stand by in silence and do not grow, the devil will easily take that which we valued today and minimize it because we're not willing to fight for it. So what is important to you? How valuable is that getting close to Jesus? How important is that to you? You see, Proverbs eleven twenty eight, a life devoted to things is a dead life, a stump. A God-shaped life is a what? Flourishing tree. A flourishing tree. Number two, I believe 100% commitment to spiritual growth should be the goal of our church. I believe that. Ephesians 4.14, no prolonged infancies here among us. Please, we're not going to tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and to tell it in love. Like Christ in everything, we take our lead from Christ who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we'll grow up healthy in God, robust in love. You know what the enemy of our soul is? Is to keep our growth vague and keep it fuzzy and to bless us with really nice things that literally pose as a roadblock to keep us from making ourselves 100% committed to God. And here are the challenges. How committed should you be, for example, to your marriage? Well, I, uh, I want to give this to you. See how this, try this on for size. I'll tell you what, darling. We're married, but I, I had an epiphany. And you know culture out there, they have, uh, they have swingers. I mean, know what a swinger is good 
Swingers, another couple that gets with another couple that may get with another couple and they swing for a weekend with each other. Not their own spouse. How many of you have never heard of that? Don't do it. <laughs> but it's prevalent in our culture. Swingers, oh, that's the hip thing to do, swing. My Lord, how mercy. God forbid. Other things, but in our culture, here's what I want to do, babe. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you five days. I'm going to be the best husband, the best wife that you've ever thought about having. But two days out of that week, I just kind of like some me time. I just kind of like, you know, to test the waters and taste the temptation and be with whoever I desire to be with and go wherever I want to go. And I don't have to call in and I don't have to answer the cell phone and you know, when you call, et cetera, et cetera, I just like that time. How do you feel? I mean, that's what modern culture is doing today. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not even going to ask any of you to raise your hand if that's what you'd like because I don't want to tempt you. But how many of you know that would be the most asinine thing anybody could say Christian or non-Christian? Or well, I think we're going to swing. Hello? That is what culture is propagating today. You know what God says? I don't want that kind of Christian. God says, hey, here's the deal. I give you six days to do what you want. I give you six days. You get to do whatever you want six days. But on the Lord's day, that's mine. That's how gracious God is. That's my day. That's, that's my day. Plus, those other six days, you honor me and you love me. But that sixth day is the day that, that's, that's set aside for my worship. There's only one God. He is holy. And he says, hey, sacrifice everything you have. Die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow after me. And if you really want to grow, you're going to understand that principle, my friend. Don't let your greatest accomplishment be about things or something that you created. Let your greatest accomplishment that says, I went into another level in my relationship with Jesus Christ, and he is sweeter than he was yesterday, and he touches my heart, and I can't read this word without getting emotionally served. The disciples didn't say, Jesus, just how much do we have to do before we and still get into heaven? How much do I have to do and how much commitment do I need to make in order to, in order to be able to, to, for you to be pleased with God? How much bitterness or self-righteousness or judgmentalness that I can nurse in my heart before my residency in heaven is canceled? How much, Jesus? That won't work. What does God call me to do? Pursue, 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 pursue. Number three, I believe spiritual growth requires community this will be real simple you're doing it right now following jesus is not a solo deal do you know it well i don't go to church anymore because there aren't any perfect churches and i i know the bunch of hypocrites so i just kind of stay alone at my house i have my closet and that's my prayer time and i do that every sunday and that's church for me get a life that's not found in this book are you hearing me? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together on the Lord's day because God said you may not need anybody. If you think that, you're wrong. You need everybody, and somebody needs somebody. Amen? Amen? That's right. You say, well, I don't need anybody. Why do you get so sick you can't go to the bathroom? You're going to need somebody to get you a bedpan. What you going to do then? That's yard talk. 
So Jesus is saying to us, growth is a choice, and we need one another. And we need to admonish one another. We need to compliment one another. But there comes those times, there comes those times that we have to stand in the gap for someone and say, hey, buddy, or hey, lady, hey, you, you know what? I, I miss you in church, and I know you got all kind of things going on, but hey, don't forget the power of worship. Don't forget the power of, of being in the house of God. You speak the truth into someone's life. Here's what Proverbs 27, 6 says, the kisses of an enemy may be profuse, but faithful are the wounds of a friend who will speak to the truth to you in love. Aristotle said friendship is training in virtue. And what happened in the early church? They met, they prayed, they worshiped, they shared everything. They small grouped together. And let me encourage you, get into fellowship. Get into fellowship in Sunday school. Get into fellowship of a small group. So, well, I don't know of any small group that's worthy of my presence. Then bless God, start your own small group of people that's worthy of your presence. Can anybody say amen? amen? You know, people on the surgeon's table don't say anything. And it gets real quiet. I, I believe, you see, God, I, I want this church to be a believers that grow. Number four, I believe every moment is an opportunity for spiritual growth. Dallas Willard, how many of you know him? Not one. He's an American philosopher. Some of you may have read about him, some of his writings. Here's what he said. We must, accept, we must accept the circumstances we constantly find ourselves in as the place of God's kingdom and blessing. Okay, let's go back to our original text. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those that love the Lord. I know that in all things, so I say, I accept the circumstances I may find myself in. And God has yet to bless anyone except where they actually are. And if we are faithless, discard situation after situation, moment after moment, as not being right, we will simply have no place to receive His kingdom in our lives. For those situations and moments are our lives our life presents itself to us as a series of tasks. And that series of tasks is trial and tribulation. We all will have, we have had, and we will have trials and tribulations. It will come to pass. Someday you will need a bedpan. Y'all don't understand it. But some of you oldies out there say, good Lord, have mercy. You say, I'm not wearing a bedpan. You'll wear an adult huggy before you know it if you're not careful. <laughs> Trials and tribulations. That's biblical language. Some people, their whole life is just tribulation. You know who they are. They don't want to get up in the morning. That's the first tribulation. Second tribulation, they have to get ready. Third tribulation, they have the commute. Next tribulation, they have to go to work. Next tribulation, they don't want to have to work at all. 
And God says, I, I, I want you to grow. I don't want you to see your life simply as a tribulation. I know if I go to work, i got to hang around people that, that I really don't like. That's another tribulation. Here's what you need to look at your trials and your tribulation. God, I know that in all things there must be something about me. I don't want to look at my life as one tribulation after another. I want to look at my life as one opportunity after another. God, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get closer. I'm not going to get you and you and you get me down. I'm going to look at whatever happens to me, God, you are absolutely in control. You control my heartbeats. You control my mind. You control everything about me. So I'm giving you everything I got because when life gets to the place that it's ebbing out of me, there's one place I want to go and that's to be in your holy presence. But I don't want to meet you as a stranger when I get there. I want to meet you as my Lord and my Savior and my healer. You're the one my life is about. Come on and talk to me now, everybody. tribulations, trials. I've given you my story. Give me the story that the melanoma found here. I got it out, done, scars there. Ha. Worst things, you got to take a shower. You got to watch the wound. Hello. You got to tend to the wound. Put the salve on it. I'm saying, my Lord, that's a whole lot of extra stuff. You know, then we got, you got cancer on your nose. Well, let's go in and get it. I mean, dig down deep. They did. Well, now you're going to have to skin graft. I understand that. In the meantime, the lens in the back of my eye, the lens in the back of my eye turns loose and it's floating around in my eye somewhere. And now I cannot read or see to read even my phone out of the side without wearing these little bit of cheaters. And then I got this scar. Do you know what kids do when they see you with this kind of a scar? They go, And you reach out to touch them, they get back. What's most interesting are the people who want to look but don't want you to know they're looking. I said to somebody the other day, go ahead and look. Everybody with me? So here's, here's my dilemma, my trial and my tribulation. I like things done quickly. I like it done in order. Okay. So here's the deal. Lens came loose. This is what they said to me. We need to get that out tonight. I said, well, tomorrow I've got, I've got a tr skin transplant and you get that done and that cancer. Well, well, Lord, that's the lens. Hope it hangs on. Hey, you, you better get that cancer take care of. Good. Let's go ahead and set the surgery, which is supposed to be Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. Going to go in my eye, pull it out in the back of it. And the words, fish the lens out. I love that, fish the lens out. Well, what if the fish doesn't bite? <laughs> so then Friday I get a call from the surgeons doing the eye and said, we're going to need a release from your surgeon on your nose transplant. You think he's going to do that? Not a chance. Tried? It's too sensitive. Can't do it. What's the goal? Sorry. I called the surgeons on the eye. Canceled the appointment. I'm going to live with this a little while. I'm going to wear these half cheaters here to look at. But I'm having a talk with God. I'm saying, God, this is enough of this. I've been a good boy. I've been faithful. I didn't cry too much about the cancer. My, my eyes teared up a whole lot, but I didn't do it on purpose. 
And I've sat through this. I've worn a shower cap over my head in the shower. I put a shower cap over my nose to keep it dry. All of that stuff I got to go through takes me an ever 20 minutes every single morning to get dressed. I'm saying, God, I'm a time man. I ought to be out of the house by now at the office doing my devotions. What in the world is up with this? And then there's always some spouse that speaks into your life. But God in all things. I said, yeah, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, yeah, Jesus. Do you think this is going to be the last? Nah. You think there'll be something else? Yep. Yep. But guess what? In him who I have believed. He's going to keep his hand on me. And eventually, it'll all work out. Amen? In the meantime, I'm using me for some good sermon material. <laughs> Amen? James 1, verse 1 through 4, dear brothers, sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, somebody say amen. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Let me kiss that. <laughs> for you know that when your faith is tested, somebody say tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be, get this now, perfect and complete needing nothing i like that and then paul says and to pastor wayne let us not become weary and well-doing for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up i'm not talking perfection i'm talking growing just grow would you stand you see you get to make a decision about whether you're going to come to church next Sunday or even tonight you're going to get to make a decision about your devotions whether you're going to do them or not you get to make a decision about prayer meeting and Wednesday night you get to make a decision about whether you're going to witness you get to make a decision whether you're going to give God a little praise and testimony you're going to get to make a decision whether you're going to keep using your old foul mouth, just trying to blend in with the people you work with. You get to make a decision whether or not to use those slang, foul words. You're going to get to make a decision whether you're going to let your Christian character rule or you're going to get up on the tracks and I'm on good for a run until something easy comes along, you sidetrack and fall off. You get to make all those decisions. In 1 John 3, verse number 2, dear friends, now we are children. We are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is Amen. he can see you and me now amen
Let's grow. Let's be Christ-honoring. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the greatest congregation in the world. I thank you for every young person. I thank you. I thank you for every individual. But God, we have some confessions we need to make. We have some challenges that we need to challenge ourselves with. We need to get out of the dumps and get back up on the highways, some of us. We need to quit wandering off on the side roads and stay on the high road more than we usually do. We just need some changes and we need help. So would you help us? Would you guide us? So just so you know we're serious, we're going to talk to you, Jesus. I want to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Would you do that? Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I am sorry. I've made mistakes. made mistakes. I have fallen, I have fallen. but I'm getting up. I need your help. I want to be stronger. I need you to come into my heart in a real and vibrant way. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a woman of God. I want to be a young person of God. I want you to be the Lord. So today, I'm saying to you, whatever it takes, I will grow. I will become stronger. I will become more obedient. And I will become a great follower at your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. How many know God answered prayer? If you need prayer in your body, we do it God's way. You can leave here the same way, but if the Holy Spirit is nudging you, be obedient to that. You slip down here and we'll pray for you. And God will never disappoint you if you're acting out of an act of obedience. As I'm speaking to you, the Holy Spirit, if you are bound by some life-controlling habit and you just prayed in the last couple days, God, I've got to, I just need you to help me. God's saying to you right now, this is your chance for help. Obedient. Be obedient. As we sing one song, here we go. Whatever you need to do, healing, you come right now. We're going to pray and then we'll give the benediction. Stay with us.